All right. So the product I want you guys to guess. Let me guess what it is. It's called The Wave, and it is relevant to the politics of the last 48 hours. The Wave. What's happened in the last 48 hours? Joe Johnson fucking being a cunt as always. The Um, birth of our Lord and Savior, obviously. Yeah, of course, always relevant to politics. Um, birthday. Relevant to politics, both Roman and current. Yay! Clegg's knighthood? I've forgotten the question. I'm going to say, okay, the question is, the product is called The Wave. It's relevant to the politics of the last 48 hours. And I'll give you a slight hint. It's about a very depressed single man. Farage! No, right. It's got, it's, got uh... be, it's, got be, it's got to be Farage's fucking picture of him, like, wanking over the queen in his fucking kitchen bedsit. It, it has to be. It, that, that, that fucking picture of him, like, just standing, like, crying a single tear as he beats one out for the queen. He, does, he doesn't so, even have a chair. It's so fucking memeable, that picture. I love it. You, you, you can it's add so all, all, all types of stuff on there. Like, uh, okay. this film is dedicated to the brave warriors of the Mujahideen. <laughs> <laughs> this song is dedicated to the electorate who thought I'd never amount to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and all the white people in the struggle. Oh I, I feel like people do do over egg that thing of like Farage can't get elected, given he's been in the European Parliament for like fucking you know years and years and years, and it's kind of like well, yeah. you know that 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 does actually count as <laughs> getting elected. Like until we we do finally leave the EU, uh, which obviously I can't wait for. And I'm you know oh, of course. <laughs> I mean I've, I've worked my Russian... hard for this. My Russian paymasters are very excited. <laughs> Eric Garland said I was a Russian bot recently, so I'm pretty excited hey, about that. Louise mentioned that I was a Russian bot. Well, Eric Garland did that map of Russian assets around the globe, which had Tom Disso's yep. old account as one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dis one. Guys, 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 the wave. The, the wave. wave. The it wave. Has to, it has to be the, the, the microwave that his fucking TV is, like, precariously balanced on, right? Well, that's the beautiful thing about the wave. Is the wave allows the Nigel Farage on the go to microwave his single serving lasagna and become tumescent to the queen talking about Christianity at the same time because it's a television with a microwave in it. Is it is this is this the new way Eric Garland's getting high now, just like huffing microwave radiation? <laughs> oh my god, man, this is some good shit. I'm fucking glowing I've just green. I myself a nice big glass of Brain Force Plus. <laughs> I, I swear to God, like with a box of arm, with like a box of like Arm and Hammer baking powder in like a hoodie. <laughs> you, no, Arm and Hammer's coming. Oh shit. Okay, how about this? With a box of like icing sugar in a hoodie, you could make so much money from Eric Garland. <laughs> oh, um, God. Yeah. No. Here's the amazing thing. It's six hundred and eighty dollars. It's a. It's sorry. I said it's a TV with a microwave in it. It's also. It's a microwave primarily that has a TV screen in the front bit. So I guess you know uh, it's twenty three liters. <laughs> so you can just microwave a lot of single serving lasagnas at once while, you know, making sure that <laughs> you don't ever let your patriotism go or you don't stop watching cops. Yeah. Um, which is what I assume they all watch. Fortunately, the article that I found this from is from 2007. Uh, so the <laughs> Nigel Farage will have to go to an antique store oh, no. if he wants <laughs> to, um, 
be able to really streamline his two most important activities. Well, that's where he gets most of his politics, isn't it? Uh... Hey. <laughs> right. What, warmed that's over very nationalism. Very for you kind of joke. Very uh, fucking week. hell. Honestly, quiz uh, of the year. My liberal relatives fucking love. Have I got news for you? Like I was over in. <laughs> Why? It hasn't been well, funny for like twenty years. Well, it, no. <laughs> they were like they were like sitting like yesterday at Christmas. They were watching like uh, Have I Got News for You annual wrap up. And my mom listens to my show. She might listen to this. <laughs> uh, love you, mom. But they were watching Have I Got News for You, and being like, Ah, yes. How right. Ah, spot on. Got him. <laughs> Corbyn like they were... is unelectable. Ha 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 ha. Things were really are exactly like on. they were prior to June 2016. <laughs> Politics <laughs> is fixed in place. So yesterday it was fucking Christmas, like for some reason. And like. Yo, hold on. We did cold open. We didn't introduce ourselves. Should we do that? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Most organized episode of Real Politic ever. Opposing the government and opposing the conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. In the you know, ascendancy within the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, to right wing. Hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, 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 hard Listening to the Real Politic podcast with me, Jack Frayne Reed, and also with me, Laura in London. Can you believe it? Laura no. In London, <laughs> at Laura in at... London too. No, no. <laughs> at fuck, the... fuck's sake. At, thi- at this Cockney last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this Cockney. Oh, I should have changed my fucking name to that. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> fuck off. MC, fuck off. Fa- MC fucking canted. Fucking slag. <laughs> <laughs> also... right, that's it. Podcast over, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we- we've also got a cum expert in the house tonight from the Come Future podcast. 
Mr. Please introduce yourself. Uh... Yo, I, I am Riley. You can find me on Twitter at Rale because I decided to have an anglicized pronunciation of what my name would be if it were in Arabic because fuck me. I am one of the hosts of the Trash Future podcast. Yeah, I literally did that. I'm one of the hosts of the Trash Future podcast, which you can also find fucking wherever. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all the usual. Uh, and we're currently at my house, and we have no cheese plate. I'm sorry to everybody yeah, involved. So, good. So, so, so we just had Christmas. Uh, did everyone have a good Christmas? Yeah, I really fucking did. I, it, the surprise hey. of the century, I actually was happy for once. Yeah, you were telling yeah. you tell me about so this earlier. I, yeah, I, I fled to the South for Christmas. I've been staying in London, and it isn't like the last time I went to London. I didn't fucking shit myself on the tube this time. Oh my god! <laughs> what what's it what's it like being around Dawn Dawn Foster? That 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 is for our listeners. He's kindly putting Laura up. What's it like being around Dawn when she's on Twitter, just like owning these fucking nerds who just like at her with the most like inexplicable shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it turns yeah. it turns out Dawn's mentions are the fucking worst place on earth. <laughs> Just the amount of really a, w- a prominent woman online. Oh, wow. You don't say. So you get to you get to, you get to see her creative process as she she devises these owns like just kind of you. It's you see, incredibly you awful. See the cog you say, spinning. Would you say she's like owns art? Oh, no, I would not. Would you say it's like the movie <laughs> Onadeus? I She's like Johan Sebastian Bach. <laughs> Would you say Go- oh, she's like God. Gustav Mahler, but spelled M A U L? She's handle, but she's handling uh, the haters. <laughs> I will never stop. I will never stop posting classical music puns. <laughs> So, um, how was your Christmas, Riley? I was chilling with my melt relatives. Melt Even though I sort of sound like I'm from sort of a land across the sea. My mother does live here, and I was hanging out with her and her husband, and they're both centrists who love Have I Got News For You and respond <laughs> to it as though they're in conversation with Richard Osman. Um, no, saying, no. Ah, you're right. Corbin is an idiot. And then I just sort of curl up and go deeper into Twitter, where I say, hey, wouldn't it be a cool idea if the Queen's job was to clean all the public toilets? And then I get a bunch of likes for it. But, and, oh, 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 one thing that happened is there was some, like, news story praising, like, Prince Philip for his, quote, unconventional sense of humor. And I couldn't keep it in. I said, wait, you mean the fact that he's a blatant, outright racist? Yeah. And their response, because they're like, like they're, they're liberals. Like, they vote labor. Yeah. Just, they, they hate court. Like, they're fucked their mouths. The response is, oh, he's not racist. Like, <laughs> as though I called him ugly. No, no, he is. Whenever I head down to Alabama for uh, for, for for some some, some uh, you know some good old banter and to obviously vote for Roy Moore, I always like to go along to a clan rally, particularly one where that where you know somebody's burning whatever. I like to say, <laughs> now this is real alternative comedy right here. They really have um, an <laughs> iconoclastic sense of humor hanging that man from that tree. You know, you talk about the. 80s and the alternative comedy and you think of like 
what, like Mark Maron, you mean? Mark Maron, king of alternative comedy in the early 90s. Uh, the thing is, like, I, you know, I'm, 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 really, I'm really neurotic, and uh, I've got to spend the first uh, 10 minutes of my podcast just uh, saying, you know, my girlfriend said the other day that I, I, I leave things around my house, and I'm like, uh, you know, I sometimes I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of a funny mood, you know, or sometimes I just, I, 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 uh, an hour later. And uh, now my guest, President Barack Obama. Obama. <laughs> Jack, you forgot one key element, which is Prince Philip's gig- The only way Prince Philip can get an erection is if he's advertising stamps.com. <laughs> uh, do, you yes. see, do, you, do you see some fucking liberal wanker saying how, like, oh, people, lefties who uh, lay into Nick Clegg, do you realize? Uh, how are you liking this, um far-right regressive Tory government now. It's like, I'm not I'm not noticing much fucking difference, to be honest, mate. There is mate. literally, like, so little difference <laughs> it, in, between in, the fa- coalition government and everything post-2015. Well, I mean, so. the, big, the big difference is that they've kind of lost their mandate to implement all the vicious, brutal austerity measures they spent five years between 2010 and 15 implementing. Like, you know... They're, they're, and they lost they're... their fucking whipping boy, Nick Clegg. So now they have to blame themselves when all the porn comes out. I think it's very cool that Nick Clegg is getting knighted for being a sub for five whole years. Yeah, man. You know, services to lick in the dick. Like, I think it's I think it's really noble that any time Nick Clegg wanted to come, he had to text David Cameron and like you know ask permission. I do have to agree with uh, Alex Williams, though, that really it's it's a shame that the uh, knighthood isn't going to the true architect of Brexit, our boy Tim Farron. Farron, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. In fact, where's, where is Ian Dunst's knighthood? Like, he put the graph <laughs> Don't in. Don't eat, you did Brexit! <laughs> he put in that fucking work, and then even wrote an article admitting it, because he's incapable of uh, of, of, of thinking... He, he, can't, he can't think, oh, people must just be, like, taking the piss out of me because I'm a ludicrous cunt. He, 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 <laughs> he, 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 he thinks, like, oh, wow, all these idiot lefties must really think that I did Brexit. Didn't he campaign for leave or something? Isn't Ian Dunn, yeah, like, yeah. a massive hypocrite? Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, I know fuck all. He changed his mind like post-referendum. Yeah, it was oh, it, it, cool. it, it was Dunty and Boris like side by side on the on the mm. Leave.eu stages. It was Leave.eu the other yeah. one. It was that the Farage campaign. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, Leave. Oh, Leave. Kinds, Leave. Anyway. Which one was Pete North? <laughs> Which one was that? Peter North? Peter North is this guy who's got this massive bone to pick with Hussein. Um, yeah, who would have a bone to pick with Hussein? He's a fucking sweetie pie. Yeah. If you keep going Peter North, you get to Peter Sweden. Uh, well, okay, I, I have another, I have another, the, the, uh, the joke we usually do on Peter North is that Peter North, because Peter North in uh, sort of British politics is this guy who thinks Brexit's going to be good because it's going to reduce living standards and make everyone more hardy. Because I guess he's from the year 1000, whereas I know Peter North primarily as someone who's casually employed as a regular feature on Pornhub who is capable of producing like sort of eight rope or cum shots. <laughs> and so, to be honest, I prefer what, Peter Ast. Um, so what I, what, uh, any, oh, I believe any, he's known. What I always say is whenever oh. I search the whenever so he runs like the leave.eu blog. So whenever I search right. Peter North on Pornhub, I always find a massive cum stain. <laughs> and when I search Pete North on Twitter, I'm not disappointed. 
<laughs> Hell yeah, bitch. Hell fucking yeah. Um, so many cum jokes in a row. <laughs> diving deep into the cum. <laughs> yeah, Eric Gollum, come on cum future. Trash, <laughs> trash me, trash future, trash me. <laughs> so on, on my Christmas with my family, we played a bit of the Observer 2017 quiz of the year. And, like, I don't know who wrote it. I didn't look at the byline, but they're clearly, like, complete fucking melts. Because there's, there's questions like... Uh, Shocking. Number 30. Asked on, asked on Newsnight what Labour's position was on Europe. How did Peter Mandelson reply? It's like, who gives a fuck, you weird fucking old Blairite... <laughs> What, what the fuck? Who cares what Peter Mandelson said about anything? He's been it's dead 20... for 30 years! <laughs> it's 2017! He drowned off the side of a fucking yacht in 2001. Like, Mandelson doesn't he... exist. Who cares what he says about Brexit as well? Every middle-aged cunt who used to have a career 20 years ago has an opinion on Brexit. Who fucking cares that one of them like goes on Newsnight like a wrecker cunt and is just fucking dismissive and willfully ignorant about Labour's Brexit policy which need I remind you is drawn up by a fucking melt Keir Starmer who all the fucking melts want to be leader of the Labour Party in a sane world so you know it's just, it really is just tedious imagine being the kind of tedious cunt who is like oh Peter Mandelson said something about Brexit. I'm actually interested in this. Those weirdos, man. I'm actually really pleasantly surprised that Britain doesn't have its own, or doesn't really have its own version of Louise Mensch and <laughs> Eric Garland. Anymore. Oh, it does. Um, uh, well, James... we did have a Louise Mensch, quite James literally. James Patrick. <laughs> James Patrick from Byline Media, the guy who wrote... Yeah, but we don't know. They're not, but they're not like as popular or as like he... widely listened to or taken seriously. He's got a prolificacy to match, though. 80 articles in eight months, plus a book. Yeah, that's, that's the sign of quality. <laughs> but, like... That's the thing. I find there is this whole thing. This is this cottage industry in the U.S. about publishing sort of articles where it's like, oh, former Bush DOJ official says that Trump may be in hot water if he – no, he's not. I mean, whatever this person said is obviously nonsense. And then really Eric Garland's and Louise Mensch's of the world – sort of whip it up to seem as though like you know trump is like finally gone into the middle of the street where there's a plate that says like free food for donald trump mm -hmm. and is picked up like a hamburger attached to a string that will cause a piano to fall on him like no not not literally none of that's gonna happen it's just this weirdly reactionary idea of everything's the same oh peter mandelson saying brexit won't happen that's somehow meaningful it's like well no, Peter Mandelson's opinion is about as valid as anyone else's in the retirement community. Like, <laughs> I would really trust him more on whether they're going to serve apple cobbler today or, you know, whether, oh, no, today's, like, regular pudding. And it's it's the same thing with Tony Blair. It's like, why do these people keep trying to influence politics? Like, all of your time in politics has just led to sort of a colossal failure and a discrediting of you and your entire ideology and everything you stand for. Like... <laughs> All you have, like, you will be remembered by history as a colossal fuck up at best, 
and a well-intentioned wily coyote at worst. I've got to say, fair play. Colossal fucking nobodies that are threatening to return to politics. Oh, fuck. George Osborne's coming back. (laughs) Oh, Oh, great. Like, after, uh, well, remember, he was like, he got the job at the Evening Standard, but he was like, I'm staying in Parliament. As someone who lives in London, oh, I remember. Yeah, and then like a couple of days later, he was like, "No, nah, actually, I'm not. This place is shit. I've been because he's one of those people, you know, like David Miliband. He could not be on the back benches. Like, in fact, David Miliband could not be one of the leading people in his brother's shadow cabinet. He had to yeah. be the main guy. If he was not the main character in the narrative that is his life, he would he would just wither and die. And George Osborne and, and David Cameron and that are like that. They can't do five years on the backbenches like Gordon Brown or uh, or seven like Ed Miliband because they're not politicians they're you know they're they're, they're not like a constituency MP their personalities yeah. and it's about them having a personal platform to be able to get on tv and stuff and george osborne obviously made the calculation that uh, editing the evening standard was a better platform than being a backbench uh. tory mp he was right, obviously. Like yeah. <laughs> he was definitely this, right. This, I'll say, this is the source of of my fundamental opinion that we ought to have like a revolving door between Oxbridge and prison and a fucking <laughs> abattoir. Yeah, <laughs> just, just they just walk in and they're just just sort of rotating knives. <laughs> like ah yes, I know it's like can, okay. Tom, can you play that clip? I'm going to Bovine University <laughs> because that's the thing. Is I don't know if you know this, but everyone who's ever been to Oxbridge is Come. A, a, like a, a tyrant, either a tyrant in waiting or just unbearable. <laughs> Even Sorry to all, all my friends that yeah, went to Oxbridge, especially our friends I mean, who went to Oxbridge. Especially all of my fucking mates. I'm speaking as someone. Yeah. I'm speaking as someone who has a blade from Summer Eights in the next room. I shouldn't. <laughs> be, I, should, I should be a fucking coat. But you know, some of us come from from you know privileged backgrounds. Our families are middle class. Have nice houses. Note the double barreled name. Like and, and we still didn't end up going to Oxbridge, which leads me to believe something is seriously fucking wrong here. Uh they're elitist institutions. Uh, if they even shut me out, like you know, the the, the uh oh, the fuckers. The intelligentsia. Like I d I I I can't um Well wait, you know, okay. I'll give you a, can't support a, I'll, that. Just, I'll give you my <laughs> basic theory as to why Oxbridge a should never breed politicians, and B just is bad. Which is that the, the sort of as, as sort of I think everybody who goes there, the only reason anyone would put themselves through the process of applying, which is a, a fucking nightmare, is because they have to prove something to the entire world. They yeah. need to have a little yeah. stamp on themselves that's like, by the way, I'm very special. Yes. And then they all get put together at the age of 18 or 17. In some cases, um, and the age of some cases, and then the entire thing is, oh, we're all the most like I'm the most special person from where I used to be, and now we're all the most special people together. Which leads me to think there's obviously something seriously wrong if I didn't end up going to Oxbridge because I'm the most special person where I'm you're from. You're a special boy. Yeah, I'm a very there's, special there's, boy. But, that, but but that that's bad. Here's what makes it dangerous. That's just an unhealthy psychic environment. What makes it dangerous is that the way teaching proceeds 
is that they give you an impossible amount of work, especially if you're in a degree like classics or PPE. They give you an amount of work you can't possibly do. So you you have to learn is because your teaching is one-on-one, so you can't do all the work, and you can't hide behind other people in your seminars. You need to know it, or at least seem like you know it. And so that's why people like David Cameron or, or fucking George Osborne or fucking Theresa May even, even though she's shit at it, are very good at doing what a lot of people I know describe as the trick, which is with a cursory knowledge of – just a cursory knowledge of anything, having seen a couple of headlines, you can kind of fake being an expert at whatever. That's podcasting, um, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And it's what I see. It's what you see. Polit- it's what you see. Like politicians who did PPE do all the time. Like that's mm. why they default to humor. The point is, any time like David Cameron or George Osborne or whatever, if you ask them a difficult question, they'll respond by asking for a clarification that will stump the person who asked yeah. the question. Mm. That's a trick you learn in PPE. You're trained to fool the public yeah. in PPE. That's what you learn. You're not learning politics, philosophy, or economics. You're learning nothing except faking that you know any How of the to be three. A good politician, which <laughs> yeah. is built around faking. So, like, literally, never, and economics. never trust anyone who went to Oxbridge. I mean, PPE. <laughs> PPE at Oxford is basically like a, a sort of abattoir with a revolving door. I'm except sorry, Sean. I'm sorry, Sean. Except, except it. <laughs> sorry, it, it, Finn. It's not the, the students Sorry. there who are getting chopped up in the abattoir. It's like you, just all the all their subjects around the country. Like yeah, a, no, you it's, know, like, it's, it's, a psych- <laughs> it's a it's a cycle of abuse thing. Like just, just they all sit in the lecture up up and down the lecture hall, and then in front of them there's a conveyor belt where the the, the fucking plebs are just like rolled out, just like butchered, chopped up into little pieces, and 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 the PPE nerds are like. This is cool. This is entertainment. I'm learning how 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 it how the world works now. <laughs> Don't worry. I mean, we can make the killing machine more. Um, get the Nick Clegg who uh, was at he did HSPS. Nick Clegg is like, no, we can make the killing machine more humane, guys. Don't you love me? Don't you want to indict me yeah. for making the killing machine a bit nicer? Uh, yeah, not not by changing it in any tangible sense. Literally just by having oh, me no, and my, no, me and my mates the there. The blades. Yeah, yeah but, no, because we'll be running the killing machine, and we don't like the killing machine so that means i mean we do we wrote a thing called the orange book about how we think the killing machine is great but i but 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 but, but because we're we're slightly uncomfortable about you you know (laughs) about about pulling the lever on the killing machine and and having your limbs flying out all over the place (laughs) (laughs) you know that 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 means I'm the most religious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I Someone actually gave wanted... me an orange. I stepped on it. <laughs> I actually wanted to uh, return to the Observer quiz briefly because all the questions about the Labour Party are just fucking cheeky. Like, there's a thing like which hard lefty? Who are the hard left Observer oh. quiz? At the start of the year, the obviously, warned that. If in 2019 opinion polls were still awful, Jeremy Corbyn would consider his position as leader of the Labour Party. Like, obviously that was Len McCluskey, but it was just the thing of, like, yeah. at, that, at that point in time, if you were a Corbyn-supporting individual who did an interview, you would be asked when Corbyn was going to resign. Yeah. Uh, which, it, it, yeah. was re- it was really cool because it was just, like, an enormous, like, two-year-long dossing exercise on the part of British journalists. Because yeah. they didn't have... <laughs> 
They didn't yeah. have to ask any searching questions about policy or anything because the entire yeah. interview could just be this circular thing of like, well, the polls are bad. So when's Corbyn going to resign? And then people would see that interview and they'd be like, well, at Corbyn, he seems like uh, he's, he's in an unstable position. I guess the polls are bad and he should resign. And then the polls would get worse. And then they'd ask Corbyn or uh, any ally of Corbyn when he was going to resign again. It's like, why are you quoting that, you fucking pricks? And not the interview where Diane Abbott fucking correctly predicted that Labour were going to pull... Uh, sorry, Diane underestimated Labour's chances correctly predicted they were going to pull ahead of the Tories, didn't predict the extent to which they would. They actually do have a question about Diane Abbott, which is 37. In a radio interview, Diane Abbott said Labour would recruit 10,000 more police oh, for £300,000. When queried, to what number did she revise the cost? It's like, did Ian Dale or fucking Nick Ferrari write this fucking quiz? Like, did you draft in the, like, ham-faced nuke men to fucking submit some questions you fucking pricks like after the year diane abbott has it's the only question you can muster about some fucking slip up she made the only like racist fucking dad cunts and fucking pathetic number crunching nerds give a My shit stepdad. about <laughs> well there you go like it, it, it's nice to see a bit of misogynoir printed in the pages well, of that's, the that's the thing that's just the thing pathetic. it's like okay we we say oh, oh Diane Abbott's bad at the economy because she or even Jeremy Corbyn's bad at the economy because both of them like forgot a number had to reference it and then got the number right once they referenced it yeah. like, oh they're bad at the economy <laughs> meanwhile after we've let the fucking reasonable Tory party at the economy for like five years yeah. we have like unprecedented levels of food bank use and child poverty who the fuck do you want to trust someone who needs to consult their workbook uh, or uh, someone who when they consult their workbook it's like kill everyone yeah. uh, Riley uh, you see that point doesn't make any sense because for a start a uh, civil service don't exist. Corbyn, Diane Abbott, McDonald, they're gonna have to do all the sums themselves. It's just gonna be them yeah. like fucking pouring over a fucking calculator by candlelight. Like, <laughs> day and, the, the, the three of them are all like, just gonna get like perma green stains on their forehead and having to wear like accountant <laughs> yeah. visors. Like, yeah. Oh, Second, we, just, we can't get the numbers to go print <laughs> more money. Uh, secondly, like food bank uses, child poverty, all that. It's uh, kind of bullshit. Doesn't really matter because. Um, actually, the Labour Party is not sleeping on the streets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that true. One. That is true. And the there Labour are Party... no unemployed people. The yeah, Labour Party's no. manifesto is very regressive, actually, because it's just a bung to the middle class. So, really, yeah, like, what free university tuition would help the middle class? Actually, show. What... <laughs> What Labour need to do is, is scrap possibly the most popular policy in their entire manifesto because it's actually not true that it's good that you don't have to pay to go to university because middle class people uh, shouldn't get anything nice apart from all our other policies where they get loads of nice things. They can't get the same nice things as poor people because uh, people don't deserve the same stuff. There's no inalienable human rights or anything. No, because uh, because <laughs> Everyone wants to be in. Okay, I'm gonna go like four references deep here. Everyone wants to be Mr. Burns, but in the Guess Who's Coming to Criticize Dinner episode of The Simpsons with Jay Sherman, 
where Mr. Burns goes to Ben-Hur and gives him a plastic water bottle. Everyone wants to be that exact Mr. Burns. <laughs> and I think everyone really should be the version of Mr. Burns whose knee fills up with fluid or who passes out when he tries to use a baseball bat. <laughs> Isn't that Vince Cable? <laughs> pump his knee full of fucking fluid every day to so, so that so that his fucking fedora doesn't fucking like topple him when he tries to put it on. Like oh, oh, this is a bit heavy. <laughs> this boat was eighty watts. What is this a tanning salon? <laughs> Corbin reappears in the Observer Quiz of the Year at forty-one. Oh, they say to Mrs. May, blah 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 blah. I don't give a fuck. Uh, elsewhere, Mr. Corbyn, in another pre-election interview, declared, I never met the IRA. Who were the respective interviews? Why are these fucking pricks so desperate to just rip up the Good Friday Agreement? Wait, <laughs> just who, like, are IRA, who are the IRA, Chris? Jack? <laughs> who are the IRA? I mean, but, but, I mean it's just Printing like... murals, bombing of their conversation. <laughs> it's just like that there's been this incredibly alarming turn in the British discourse since Corbyn became leader, where it's like, you know how we had the fucking power-sharing agreement in Northern Ireland where we accepted that Sinn Féin are a legitimate political party? and all that. Nope! <laughs> Not anymore! Not anymore because the leader of, you know, the biggest centre-left party in Europe and the dominant strain of left of centre-fort in the United Kingdom shares a view that there should be a united island. That actually means that it's it's completely beyond the pale now. <laughs> like, it's so... But even the island Twitter account is now on the side of a united island. <laughs> it was. I think he... I think, hold on. R.I.P. Pray for Patrick on the island no, Twitter pray, account. Pray for, pray for Patrick, you were... You were our, our the better angels of our nature. Yeah, that was truly <laughs> the, the best uh, run up you, to Christmas. Fucking owned. It's it's just so oh, fucked. Like good. this idea, like uh, oh Corbin, Corbin met the IRA. It's like he met Sinn Fein, who are <laughs> who are what, the IRA. Yeah, who are one of the dominant not the same thing political parties in fucking Northern Ireland. Like who gives a fuck? Stop trying to restart the troubles, you fucking psychopaths like what are you, you doing that, that's the only thing they want to do like all the all, all of the like brexiteers who are like really excited about like hard borders and whatever like the, they do have that same settler colonialist mindset where they do just want to ethnically cleanse ireland yeah like i i wouldn't be surprised like if, if i it would be so easy to entrap nigel farage in a plan to assassinate the pope <laughs> also, um, on I said, entrap, entrap, assassinate the Pope. Well, I, I hope not. I fucking hope not. The, the Pope no, is the, pope the absolute else. boy. Yeah. I, think that's pope. I fucking love Francis. Man. Like on the one hand, no I. gods, no masters, but on the other hand, Pope Full Francis. Full Catholicism now. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, know, I, don't, I mean, I don't believe I in God. I just really yes. like the Pope. I. I, I like what. I like what he stands for, and, 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 you know, the fact is, like, obviously I would like if the Pope had a good stance on, like, reproductive rights or uh, LGBT rights or whatever, but as it is, he's currently engaged in a fucking, uh, you know, a furious battle within the Vatican to um, get the clergy to acknowledge that sometimes they provide communion to divorced couples, which, which they do already, 
the, the debate is around getting them to acknowledge it. So that's where the Pope's at. That's the kind of reform that he's currently fighting. So it, it, obviously, I would, I would, uh, I, I'm not a Catholic myself. I would love if he, he was a, mm. he was more radical on certain social issues. But it's a fucking long way to go, man. It's like expecting Corbyn I mean, to turn Labour overnight into like, yeah. you know, fucking like open <laughs> borders. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, again, compare him to Ratzinger, who was like, maybe they can use the poor for building materials? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we don't, the pedophilia is uh, actually, you know, we don't want these men to be. Uh, oh my god, Emmanuel haunted. Macron! <laughs> I'm these... doing so many fucking Hail Marys right now, man. Just because these men fucked the kids does not mean we should not uh, rehabilitate them, send them to another parish with lots of children. You know, like. <laughs> Ratzinger, yeah. Was, this is, this is official French policy. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said I should do an episode where, like, it's Macron in conversation with Owen Smith. <laughs> How would they ever come to agree on what hot drink to have? <laughs> yeah, coffee. Uh, yes, yes. You. Sorry. Hello, would you? Would you want a café latte? Oh, I, I don't. I don't know, that doesn't sound to me like a frothy coffee. <laughs> I'll have a pint, please. No biscuits. No, I don't know what a biscuit is. I bet, uh, <laughs> I bet, I bet every time Owen, Owen, Owen Smith goes to the pub, he's like, Hello, I'll have a pint of beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I mentioned these British centrists and rightists and basically anyone who doesn't like Corbyn and thinks they they can cynically weaponize for troubles against him and try and make them start again. I actually yeah. I actually watched the film on Netflix last night, The Foreigner, where um, <laughs> where Jackie Chan takes on the IRA, led by a thinly veiled version of Jerry Adams, played by Piers Brosnan. <laughs> it's, um... It's really good fun. Like, there's just, like, there's, like, Jackie Chan, like, has, like, about three lines in the duration of the film. And one of them is, like, IRA politics and terrorism are two ends of the same snake. So, wait, it's, like, there's, like, an Ouroboros is, like, rimming itself? <laughs> Wait, I'm what? so glad I mean, the Orange Order funded a film, though. That's really nice. Also, I, I, it's so like you were you last night were watching like some kind of you know uh, hoity-toity film, whereas I was watching Trailer Park Boys. So um... <laughs> I was watching EastEnders. <laughs> I was just like to say that I am the most working class. Oh, okay, no, Trailer Park Boys is more working class than EastEnders. Exactly. It's set in a trailer park. I mean, you can you can infer oh, from right. that that no, it's tra- pretty working park class. Bo- trailer Park Boys is basically, it has the premise of The Office, oh. ex- which is like it's a mockumentary, except it's set in a trailer park in far eastern Canada, like oh. in Nova Scotia. Yeah, and it's just about sure. three guys, Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles, all of whom live either in trailers or in tents or in cars committing petty crime, growing dope, getting drunk, and putting on, like, amateur pro wrestling events. And anyone who doesn't like it is a fucking kulak. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do highly recommend you watch The Foreigner, though, because I was uh, I was regularly laughing out loud through the course of this film. It's not quite like, uh, you know, what I'd, I'd hope for politically. Like, I do hope that they do a sequel where um, Jackie Chan and the IRA realise that, in fact, they have more in common than uh, that, that divides them. Hashtag more in common, and uh, they, they 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 possibly you know get together and just you you know just see off some unionist scum. Jackie Chan does, like he makes all these like IEDs and stuff, and it would just be sick if he could just like uh, go along to like DUP central office and. I'd love if Nigel Farage was watching a TV where it said uh, dedicated to the brave fighters of. Um... Hong Kong action films. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say dedicated to the brave fighters of the IRA. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why it was a fucking joke, Jack. It wasn't a very good one. Your own fucking podcast. <laughs> I, I, I think I delivered the own there, to be honest. I think I, I, that's, that's how I interpreted that. Um, that's, that's so you're now how, the drill tweet. I'm not owned. I'm not uh, owned. That's how I'm going to remember it. I, I what's that I hear? Jack Brain Corn. I think that's what I'm hearing. Except it's I know you are, but what am I like? Uh, so actually, it's <laughs> you who's turning to be into perfectly honest, the corn cob. I don't know, a voice on a, a voice on a computer. I know Laura. You're, you're real. literally Hal right now. <laughs> you're Hal nine thousand. I, I know Laura. What? Exists. Oh, Hal. Oh, right. I think you're like Howl. I was like, it's. Just, I was thinking of like Howl's Moving Castle. I was oh, like, no, it's, sorry, it's, I'm it's, just kind of werewolf. Just got a shit accent. Hal nine thousand <laughs> off of two thousand and one. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I I've seen that. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't watch as much hentai as like Riley and Trash Future. No, Trash Future is a hentai, hentai podcast. podcast. Yeah. We talk about such hen- we don't we talk about such hentai as the Spectator. <laughs> 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 I have to go to church now. <laughs> 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 Jesuit. Yeah. Jesuit. No, I mean it's um I'm also just gonna throw some noodles on, then we can do second segment. I was like, oh have people None left... of this is going in. Have yeah. people walked away from people walked away from my mic just when I was talking about my hilarious short story. It's typical. It can't I'm... go in, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. None of the sex party stuff can go in. Yeah. <laughs> Why do people keep inviting me to stuff? Fuck off. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> go away. Just give me some peace. This is going in the bin with all the sex party stuff, I think. I don't think we've spoken about the fucking blue passport oh let, let's let's talk about that just because it means we can go off on one about the mail it's at this point like i'm like hang on how did i let a bunch of people who care what color their passports are ruin my life for several months like <laughs> yeah literally like these are not serious people 
Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we, we shouldn't let them bully us because they're fucking yeah, nerds. Yeah. They're, fuck, yeah, right. they're fucking cunts. Richard Littlejohn's name is actually descriptive of his genitals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, precisely. I mean, just literally like John Stevens, who hasn't turned up to a male editorial meeting for about six months now because he got his dick stuck in Big Ben. He's just been like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm interested in a clock. I actually find this interesting. You're weird. You're a middle-aged man who basically, like, cyber-stalks people half your age. You're not a normal man, John Stevens. Like, the tweets about Paul Dacre shitting himself to death and his brain exploding, and that video that Tom made with Corbin seeing off Dacre. This is all good shit. Chris Leslie... I remember two years ago, uh, almost now, watching him on the Daily Politics saying hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left. Just thinking, this guy is a fucking cunt. He needs to get seen off. He needs to get, you know, put in his place. And look what we've done. <laughs> like, two years on. Who's laughing now, Chris, you, you know, fucking I mean, prick? For a while, I've, I've had a Twitter alert up on uh, Chris Leslie where I do get a <laughs> notification every time he tweets anything. And I want to say, like, nine times out of ten, he's just given up on insulting the hard left because he knows what happens to his mentions yeah. if he does. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, Chris Leslie, the last tweet on his timeline was, like, three days or something before Christmas, he retweeted Anna Subri. <laughs> like, oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's given up even bothering to pretend that he's not a fucking Tory who went through the wrong door on his first day in Parliament and ended up working for Gordon Brown. <laughs> Literally. He's, he, he's a completely absurd cunt with a stupid face yeah. who says stupid things and was the worst shadow chancellor in Labour's history. He's a stupid moron with a big butt and his butt stinks and he likes to kiss his own butt. Exactly! I heard he likes to, to eat his own poop. I heard he likes likes to pick his nose, wipe his <laughs> bum, and eat it. <laughs> I can't wait Sorry. until we get a version of, like, parliamentary TV where we can, like, you know, just play yakety sacks over people <laughs> at the same time, uh, voting yeah. to, you know, um, um, like, take away uh, the child benefit at the same time as, like, literally, like, picking their nose and eating it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> precisely. And, and, and similarly to the Chris Leslie thing, where it took two years, but we've turned him into a, a, a laughing stock, a fucking running joke. Tim Farron, he, he got elected yeah. um, on a centre-left platform to the Lib Dem leadership. That was his whole thing. He wasn't going to fuck with austerity. <laughs> he voted against a lot of the, uh, gov the coalition government's worst policies. He was a break with Nick Clegg's Orange Book Lib Dem leadership from the left. And then Brexit happened. Yeah. And li like any other tedious cunt with no real politics. Fucking lost his shit. Yeah, suddenly, uh, yeah, well, actually, before Brexit happened, Jeremy Corbyn happened. And it was pretty clear that, uh, you know, Tim Farron's grand plan to attack Labour from the left, which when he got elected, like, Labour were moving rapidly to the right in the wake of Ed Miliband's resignation. So that seemed yeah, like yeah. something he was going to be able to do. Corbyn got in. Instead of, uh, you know, okay, let's work to establish... Brain strategy. Yeah, let's work to establish an anti-austerity consensus. He just fucking, like, muddled around for a bit for a few months and then started furiously attacking Corbyn from the right on the European yeah, yeah. Union, much like such, uh, you know, progressive icons as Caroline Lewis... Uh, sorry, uh, 
Lucas, yeah. Lucas, Lucas. Sorry, Lucas. I, see, see that shows how relevant the green part. Caroline, are in... Jill Stein, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I think she should be tried for Ca fucking Ca treason. Ca Caroline, Jill Stein, Lucas, or uh, as the Russians might call her, uh, Joseph Stalin. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just got so fucking uh, like just furious at Tim Farron just coming out saying, "Oh, we need a real opposition. All oh, Labour have lost it. It's a disaster." It's a mess. It's like you cunt. You should be trying to fucking form a coalition with these people. You fucking little Tory enabling shit. And 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 look what happened to him. Look what we fucking did to Tim Farron. You. <laughs> we fucking saw you off like Tom Foster. Forever known as the milkman. <laughs> yes, you could say you. I guess you could say we made milk meat of him. <laughs> Literally, like the the minute the, <laughs> the minute the Tories called the election, I drew up a list of attack lines against Tim Farron. I sent Wait, it about you... Jack. Jack, did you draw them up, or were you sent them by Russia? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I, I've, I've got enough autonomy under under the Kremlin's control to to come up with my own attack lines. Thank you very much. Anyway, I, I drew this up, hoping that Putin would at least add like a penny to our fucking annual pay. Like, I sent it around to various activists on the left. Started attacking him hard because I was like, what we need to do is we need to get the Lib Dems out of the running as serious contenders on the progressive side of things. And then Tom started making these incredible videos and. Um, what do you know, a few days after the election, Tim Farron resigned. The Lib Dems made very little in the way of significant advances at the election. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be today, but one day you are going to find you are absolutely fucked, you fucking... And one day, Hugo Rifkind, my dad Sam's gonna f*** you in the head. <laughs> it's happening, it's happening. You're fucked, lads. You're fucked. We're coming for you. Right, said my bit now. <laughs> Sweet. What, what now? What now, lads? What now? Eric, come on, Eric Garland. Eric Garland. Eric, 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 Eric. So I, I tweeted that he's moved on from craft beer to, to crack beer, which is beer with crack <laughs> in it. I mean, we're going to do him on our show, too. It's just yeah. so funny. We can't not. Fucking bass playing oaf. <laughs> on the episode that we did of our show, I actually like tried to get Eric Garland to listen to it. <laughs> See, description of the show. So it, instead of saying notable oaf Eric Garland, it said intelligence analyst yeah. Eric. Garland. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, like intentionally have to hear someone in words calling him an oaf. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Did I yeah. tell you? Yeah. Um, there's a bit in the second edition of Richard Seymour's Corbin book where he he sort of yeah. like comes out in in defense of like calling people melts and stuff <laughs> it's Yay! pretty funny i just love having an actual book that has like melts used in it yeah. in that context dad is a slur <laughs> dad is a slur yeah his point is i think been a single parent household <laughs> <laughs> I had a conversation with my dad the other day he was like by the way you're not inheriting anything that's, uh... <laughs> that's cool I think uh, your your dad's rad. He's what you might call, I guess, like a property developer. Like he's oh like a... dear. Yeah, I know. Laura, call Dawn. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Expose. Yeah. Is, is Trash Future a bourgeois podcast? <laughs> Podcasts are, are are the essence of bourgeois reaction. Just like. <laughs> 
Very briefly, before we move on to Eric Garland, this is the quote from the Richard Seymour book, uh, Corbyn, The Strange Rebirth of Radical Politics, the second edition. I don't always agree with Richard Seymour, but I, I do think he's, he's a good writer and very readable, and uh, he can be absolutely withering when he gets it in his head that he needs to see someone off. And yeah. um, there are bits in the book I disagree with, like there's a what I sort of interpreted as a sort of defence of the AWL when he talks about John Landsman's sort of coup in Momentum where he he just kind of fucking pushed all the trots out and it's like, nah, that was good. Um, (laughs) But aside from that, like, I enjoyed um, a lot of the the new bits that I read last night. So, today, modernisation is a left-wing goal. The Blairites are the dinosaurs, and obsessive message control has been abandoned, with the result of rebuilding Labour's support faster than anyone expected. The boisterous celebrations among Corbyn's social media prize fighters, real politic, are entirely justified. Oh, Corbynism! <laughs> they woke up on 9th of June in a country they didn't know existed, but arguably wouldn't have existed had it not been for Labour's breakthrough campaign. So, to an extent, are the outbursts of angry triumphalism from those who have been belittled, patronised and vilified for so long. It's us again! Yay! Yay. Many an erring pundit has been christened a melt (laughs) and invited to eat eat your tweet, or better still, delete your account. (laughs) At some point, however, this has to give way to a more Fuck sober yeah. appraisal of the dilemmas facing Labour. I think personally that you can have a sober appraisal of the dilemmas facing Labour and also call people melts and tell them to eat their books. Yeah. Again, you don't understand, like, like that guy eating his book was probably, as someone whose background is mainly in American politics, that guy eating his book was the single most satisfying thing yeah. I've seen in the entirety <laughs> of the last two years. <laughs> that would be like that would be like if Peter Dow took the incorporating documents of Verrett, <laughs> burned them into ash, chopped the ash into two fat lines, and just railed both of them. <laughs> it's good because again it shows the power of social media. We were able to make some stupid like race realist pulse cunt eat his book live on TV. Like yes, yes lads, it's boxing day and I am in the mood for bitter recriminations. <laughs> I mean, that's why they call it Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah, now we move on to liars and bastards. It looks as if I've had the last laugh on a lot of people who really didn't think I had it in me to become a brilliant priest. Well, what I say to those people is, look at me now. <laughs> but eventually, I got out of this headlock. And now, where are you, Father Raymond Hunter? Working with some pygmies in the South Seas, and where am I? Here, accepting a Golden Cleric Award for being a top priest. And now, we move on to liars. Father Peter Sorrenton, Father Desmond Cairns, remember him? One more extract from the Seymour book before we move on. Preface to the second edition, The Absolute Boy. There's a quote from Alistair Gray, Work as if you live in the early days of a better nation. Here we go. Rupert Murdoch, face heavy with thunder, got up and walked out of the election night party. (laughs) Theresa May was reduced to tears. A Tory staff member was physically sick. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jeremy Corbyn, as his jubilant supporters crowned him the absolute boy, quietly celebrated with a halloumi kebab and apple juice. We crowned him, <laughs> we crowned him that way earlier. I know, I know, but <laughs> halloumi kebab and apple juice. That's just, that's pure Corbyn. He's so fucking pure. He's so good and pure and innocent. Oh my god, you know what we haven't talked about? The fucking apple juice beef that came up yesterday. There was what? an apple juice beef? Yeah, so some fucking Juno cunt asked Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn what their drink of choice was on Christmas Day. And Theresa May said some really shit Welsh whiskey, like apparently disgusting. And Jeremy Corbyn obviously said apple juice. But because it's Christmas, I'm going to be drinking a slightly fancier apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> I lost their fucking mind. <laughs> oh my god, he's so good. I did a tweet yesterday, like, drinking apple juice to own the lips. <laughs> to be fair, if I was Theresa May, I, I would be um, hitting the liquor as well. And <laughs> another, another thing that I got for Christmas was a book by the toad Andrew Rawnsley, who, who knows, maybe he had a hand in writing that god-awful Observer quiz, because obviously the Observer are even more right-wing than The Guardian, don't have a single left-wing commentator. But I got Andrew Rawnsley's kind of exhaustive 700-plus page chronicle of the new Labour era, the end of the party. And I naturally went straight to the index to see if there were any mentions of Corbyn or McDonnell in there. <laughs> and uh, there was not a single mention of Corbyn. But McDonnell actually did make an appearance. Here we go. By mid-afternoon, the airwaves were already shrieking with the scorn of opposition MPs, and derision from some Labour ones as well. John McDonnell, the Labour MP for Hayes and Harlington, laid into the inexperienced testosterone fueled young men in Brown's team, who had presented the Tories with an open goal. <laughs> So, like, the one time John McDonnell appears in there, he's just laying into, like, Gordon Brown's little coterie of nerds. Like, which is, like, Chris Leslie, Ed Balls, Ed Miliband, Michael Duggar. <laughs> just, like, you know, they, and they call Corbynite politics laddish. You walk into Gordon Brown's office, like, Circa 2007, it's just Brown, like, screw- by a fucking telephone. What do you think Brown Theo Bertram and his group of fucking incels were? <laughs> I, th I think you'd have, like, Theo cowering under the desk while Gordon Brown just, like, screams and throws things about and Michael Duggar's just in the corner, like, munching on some curry. <laughs> <laughs> so, as presents, when I had a pretty Corbyn-y Christmas, I got uh, the uh, edition of GQ, which, of course, has the completely unairbrushed photos of Corbyn on the front cover. I think uh, they made his dick look too big. <laughs> have you ever seen the picture of him Maybe in a fucking tracksuit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking hell, no one's gonna believe this. <laughs> like I'm um, eating while we do this segment. Like I'm, I'm being very I. stealthy. Like, wait, but Laura and I are being very stealthy about it. But like, <laughs> seriously, with that thing, it was like, man, that bulge has definitely been reduced by fucking by fucking Photoshop magic. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the way that they weight the polls against Labour by drastically reducing the weight of uh, young people and poor people in, in there. It's like and crowdsourcing. They're, 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 yeah, <laughs> they're just like, well, no one's going to actually believe that Corbyn's knob is this big. So just to get a level playing field and just make things reflective of reality, let's just Photoshop it down a little bit. Oh, you know, you remember our mate Padre Greedy from Little Atoms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stupid fucking uh, cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where to I think I think Laura's a rowing team, but in the per- in, in like one <laughs> person. Yeah. Well, Padre actually uh, tweeted earlier that he was skyping into BBC News, and um, I don't know. I don't know, Padre. Like using <laughs> Skype. What about your professional recording studio, pal? It's a bit rustic and homemade. Padre <laughs> recording. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, after he pointed out that we record our show over Skype, you know, we did have to have an urgent meeting after which Laura was removed as a full-time member of the team and is now working for me, the the sole owner of RealPolitik LLC, on a zero-hour contract. So, so, you know, he did make us think that, yeah, we we do need to uh, perhaps not centre our show so much around people who live outside of London who don't really have anything to contribute, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the only reason she's on now is because she's inside London. Yeah. Well, it, it, precisely, yeah. In fact, even now I'm we're having to use Skype. And to eat, like, a series of organic foods inside a flat off of Broadway Market <laughs> with someone yeah. who wears glasses that some people allege he doesn't need, but I can't see anything. Living my best life. <laughs> so, so uh, Paddy, I don't know why you expect anyone to listen to that fucking... Shite. Is that, so yeah. I had to burp before I said shite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fuck you, Paddy. <laughs> With your fucking Skype. <laughs> right, what do we want to talk about? Garland. Garland. I've been, I've been spend, sending the last little bit trying to get his thread up. I don't even know if I read his latest thread. Oh boy, I can introduce it. So what happened was a friend of our show, Maya Kossoff, who's one of the uh, tech features writers at Vanity Fair, the tech features, rather, it's sorry, tech, so. it's exciting, it's crowdsourcing young people. The... the tech features writer at Vanity Fair has recently had a run-in with America's favorite oaf, who Jack, we, in fact... <laughs> Well, Jack and Laura. Seinfeld. It's my Eric Garland impression. Bass. Eric Garland's at it again. Oh my god. Back on his bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to know what Eric. Gar- I, I I can only imagine Eric Garland's family as like smaller Eric Garlands. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Eric Garland. The thing is, there have been a couple of articles, I think, quite reasonably posted in Vanity Fair and Fast Company and so forth about you know, yeah, there's maybe a sort of fake news problem on the right, but there's also a fake news problem in the center where everyone yeah. wants to blame. Yeah, mm, we've talked about this. We, where everyone mm-hmm. wants to blame everything that's ever happened badly in politics for the center on Russia. Uh-huh. It's not that we're not offering people good policies. It's not that we're horrible politicians. 
And it's not that, you know, we've offered no one any better vision of the future and really have just said, hey, it's the frying pan or us, and then blame people when they stay on the cutting board. No, it's got to be Russia, of course. It's not yeah. like our society was failing already. So, no, Maya and Kale have written these articles sort of saying that people like Eric Garland, Louise Mensch, and Claude Taylor, a.k.a. True Facts Stated, <laughs> a.k.a an amateur photographer who once got one White House contract and then was taken in by an email scammer who I assume promised him a bigger dick but used like a <laughs> one in the place of the eyes and so he knew he was professional. <laughs> no, and now have their sources on, 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 on Russian interference. They've written these articles basically saying these people are charlatans and grifters and you shouldn't trust them and at best they're Eric Garland and Oaf. At worst, they're Louise Mensch and Oaf. And so Eric Garland has, now has a new thread that really just, I think, tells us more about Eric Garland, to be honest, than anything else. He says, speaking to Maya Kozoff, friend of Trash Future, and Kale Weissman, who, who I don't know, but I'm sure is lovely, says, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the hell is wrong with New York's media? Mocking us and our reputations and our families eh? for attempting to defend America as we were trained? Trained? What, trained as an amateur photographer? Trained by the fucking Kremlin to spread more disinformatia. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you as citizens? I have a swarm of Kale and Maya and this guy called Maxwell Tani making fun of me for a year of taking abuse from the industry in their town after GC and CNN and The Atlantic and all these venues with no business or professional or moral reason. He's not a good writer. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting I'm getting to the best the best the, the, the peak. Are your tiny careers so important as to pile on to this year of death threats? No, we did tell you to jump up your own ass, but I don't. Think that's Eric right. Garland, we're coming for you. No, just, <laughs> don't, just kidding, and, Eric. I'm just kidding. And coordination we do work for Russia, and coordination with Russia today in Sputnik. Uh, <laughs> my children were targeted this year. I'm surprised he's fucked. You bastards, what is wrong with you? You and date rapist Sam Chris, the same night I call him out? I think he's got to be pretty high on Adderall at this point. Oh but here's God. the greatest tweet. Here's the best tweet of the whole thread. Your industry can burn. I will approach you professionally as I do every activity. But how dare you, you tiny oh. soul. You malignant professionals. How dare you treat anyone this way? You'll hear from me. God damn. I gotta say, he does have the correct line on journalists there. That is very much and the I kind of stance we take. And I am very glad I contracted him to ghostwrite my resignation notice for me as well. So. <laughs> Riley, like, I can't find this thread, man. Like, I... Uh, no, I'm, Jack, here's the thing. We've spoken quite a bit about Eric Garland. You can never find Eric Garland's <laughs> threads. I think I'm the Eric Garland whisperer. <laughs> he, 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 like, he, he, he always, like, just posts so much, and I just can't get through it all. I can't... He's always online. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> He's so I think, online. I think there is in my head a kind of theoretical file of facts of what Eric Garland has posted <laughs> and when. And so <laughs> I need to go into my mind palace and do like an eyes closed thing. And I just remember all of his insane ravings. My favorite one is when, when he and Eric Garland had a, not Eric Garland. He is Eric Garland. <laughs> when, Eric Garland, <laughs> Eric Garland <laughs> when Eric Garland and Mike Cernovich had oh a brief uh, a moment in common after this particular meltdown. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, I've just seen Russian Embassy UK, like, clapping back at some, like, for some, some fucking intelligence agent, like... Uh, community nerd like Kia Giles and ex Kia Giles for fuck's sake Nigel Nigel Bainham nonce (laughs) (laughs) an expert in information warfare at the Chatham House think tank said it is a mistake he was fired from every respectable and real job (laughs) yes it is a mistake to confuse Sputnik with a journalistic organization this is an arm of the Russian government to which Yev Yevgeny Yemelyanov, an expert in information at LifeNews.ru, <laughs> <laughs> our sister publication, said it is a mistake to confuse BBC with a journalistic organisation. This is an arm of the British government. Bodied, seen off. Absolutely fucking bodied man. What the fuck? <laughs> no, it's okay. Mike Cernovich tweets on Christmas Eve of all days. Eric Garland's meltdown was encouraged by members of the mainstream media. <laughs> it was, to be fair. So, no, so it's, you know, a stop clock is one is right once every year. Uh, I, I, probably once in his lifetime. But, but yeah. Cernovich is absolutely correct. <laughs> so, like, why are these people? listen to i mean I, okay I, I ask why are these people listened to i think i know why these people are listened to is they give a kind of voice to the you know whatever percent of people think that brexit can be reversed by a legal trick or yeah. trump can be impeached and then you know all of a sudden we'll be able to have brunch again you know it's, it's, <laughs> eric garland gives a voice to the people who think that everything was fundamentally fine yeah and yeah. nothing was wrong, and no reasonable person would have any reason to object to any of it. Well, it's anything um, to avoid having a class-based analysis, isn't it? I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it's yeah. it's the case. It's it. To be fair, it's not just class. Like they're they're deliberately trying to minimise racism that played into the election of Trump and the Brexit vote as well, for example. But a lot of it does come down to just these lazy fucks who want to consider themselves progressive but don't want to think about capitalism because it involves boring numbers. And um, I fully <laughs> I f- think about how many yards of linen it takes to make. Code. <laughs> that is, as far as I can see from rigorous self-analysis, the primary reason why in my teens I was attracted to sort of Hitchens-style new atheism, because I hated maths. I knew capitalism was bad, but I didn't want to have to think about it, so I was just like, yeah, uh, yeah, religion, yeah, fucking, it, you know, it's all a problem of, of ideals and ideas. It's idealism that's the problem, not materialism. So rather than sort of... Uh, having to scratch their heads and think about boring numbers people are just like uh it's religion or it's russia i almost did the same thing but almost i think there's even a more personal explanation where i was like i used to, when i was like a teen i'm the kind of person to be like uh you like astrology you think the stars and planets have an effect over the <laughs> way you are it's like building your whole identity around refuting people who like cartoons like it's like yeah it's like, oh you know cartoons or like oh, who like like don't like professional wrestling it's like oh you know professional wrestling is not real it's right right it's, 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 it's like when you look back and you realize oh wait i was the idiot 
Uh, you know, podcasts aren't good political praxis. It's like, no, you're just boring. Anyone ever like you know like DMs our account with because for some reason our our Twitter account still has open DMs because I don't <laughs> value my time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, 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 technology benefits all of us. <laughs> and, uh, uh, what would you say if you didn't have an iPhone to post all these tweets from? I'd be like, uh, <laughs> scream into the void. <laughs> Which is oh, no, very I much just, what I, these I, people are doing when they DM you. I like to imagine that they're just like trying to take a shit, but so angry that they can't. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I respond very promptly. But the thing is, I take a lesson from some internet veterans, and I just respond with a picture of Dr. Evil saying, right, <laughs> to everything they say, literally anything. You Speaking of... Minion porn oh, I might start doing that. With a unicorn, did you say? <laughs> no, minion porn. I've got some good images. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to say the first time... This sentence that I'm going to say right now is the first time it's ever been said in the history of humanity. Laura, can you send me some of that minion porn? Hell yeah, buddy! <laughs> Speaking of people getting extremely mad online, for a start, there's us. Like, we got suspended the other day. <laughs> but, oh, like, yeah, did, very did briefly, Jolly and right, Green and Jolly and Mom we have risen. up? <laughs> no, Jolly and Morn is, is our mate now. Like, we, we wished him a happy Christmas and he liked the tweet. Where the fuck's... I'm gonna go back through my DMs. The minion porn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Clee sent some to me at some point. Clee? Not... <laughs> I don't really know who he is. Cleedophile. Some... <laughs> Cleedophile. <laughs> oh, I'm not the one to think of that. Someone called him that ages ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would pick one off of the Oh, probably. Clone. You freed up that space yet, Riley? I freed up tons of space at this point. Just, just deleted some of your, your uh, minion porn. So, um, we recently made some centrist ads extremely mad online by uh, getting unbanned from Twitter a couple of days after we got banned. The fuckers. <laughs> None were madder, of course, than Andrew Burridge, aka Falcon Malteser. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the same guy as Eager Elephant, or are these different guys? He's different, different guy. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're all just. I, I like no, no, no. I... I really, I like to think that like there is a giant room of. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Sorry, I just saw some minion porn. Um, I like to think there's a giant room of like hundreds of computer screens. And on them flash the profiles of Andrew Burridge and Andrew Spooner and Eager Elephant and David K. Walker yeah, and and Venice <laughs> Allen yeah. and all of these horrible people online oh and behind God. the screens conducting the keyboards like a Mozart is just Tim Farron. <laughs> <laughs>
genuinely convinced that Andrew Burridge is a real person because like Tom Dizzo found like a fucking topless picture of him which is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen um <laughs> he's but he's totally real he's been like posting boring but opinions he's been, on... he's been posting bad thirst traps he's been posting rape apologism for at least yeah yes yeah pretty much like he's, he's been on the voice co- sound like <laughs> I, I, probably like that but he's been on the cooked and bombed forums which are like Chris Morris fan forums um for, oh, for years and years i set them on fire with petroleum and then after about half a minute um put a gun in each one's face and pull a trigger the whole controversy is preposterous these coins are obviously ironic. Oh, like a metal dick in my head. Magazine like a big testicle gland. Bitch, wanna try it? I said, keep it quiet. Shove it up a motherfucking ass and try it. You gotta kill people to have respect for people. Posting, like, rape ap- apologia and weird fucking Houston Manifesto-style bomb em all yeah. kind of shit. Um, saw someone uh, on Cooked and Bombed say that he uh, posted a lot of stuff that made them very uncomfortable about Jewish people, which is interesting mm. because, obviously, you know, all the, all the centrists like Andrew Burridge and that, they all call us anti-Semites regardless of whether or not we're Jewish. Yeah, but... whereas Spooner goes online and can you know attack young jewish women yeah compared to the yeah but you get yeah oh no of course not yeah yeah and uh, andrew burridge like who uh posts on like david ike event pages like oh <laughs> this sounds like the right the kind of thing for me i'm a mad cunt yeah. i am or something um yeah <laughs> but basically we got unsuspended on twitter a couple of days after getting suspended twitter said in the email to me that um apparently we like faked having a blue tick which is nonsense but yeah. okay <laughs> like right as long as they realize the errors of their ways and then no sooner had we uh, posted a celebratory message on our twitter page <laughs> than falcon maltese aka andrew burridge who uh, uh, for those long-time listeners of the show will know a couple of episodes i declined to dox him because i am a good man and <laughs> um but now he's gone and doxed himself it's all fine so yeah andrew burridge said hi ninnies this was he went on our facebook page wait posted... he used the word ninnies yes How old is yes this guy he, he uh, 40s i think he's, he, he's he, my dad put it that way he's a he's a single dad Sorry, yeah <laughs> that, that reminds me of a time when i got into a twitter argument with some turfs and said that one of them 
was due his it was a guy medication in their rest home. And it was like, oh, yeah. uh, you're trying to own me by calling me old. I'm only forty. <laughs> like, well, okay. Well, guess, fuck. guess guess I'm the one who's owned. Yeah, yeah go and fuck your Zimmer frame, you old piece of shit. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Andrew Burridge said, Hi, ninnies. Called anyone a cunt recently on Twitter? Yeah, yes. you. <laughs> and he was like, But seriously, thanks for the public service of providing another small incremental evidence so uh, i no we're happy to provide holy another shit. evidence um no, holy shit what... he did the thing where he was like no i'm actually not mad online i'm, online. I'm yeah. actually laughing and i'm thankful to the haters for yeah. making me look yeah. good in comparison <laughs> so uh yeah. please carry on relentlessly owning me yeah, yeah uh f- thank you He's thanks for the pu- sub. <laughs> thanks for the public service of providing another small incremental evidence i am always happy to provide an evidence for you andrew i will provide an evidence after another evidence evidence no, after that's evidence the thing is andrew is someone who's gonna walk through a bad neighborhood with like money stapled to his shirt just so we can get robbed on purpose so we can show uh, the world how dangerous it is yeah. You say I am a little baldy dweeb. Please provide an evidence for that, sir. (laughs) 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 But seriously, thanks for the public service of providing another small incremental evidence why Owen Jones is a massive wrong'un. Alright, okay. All roads lead back to Owen Jones. (laughs) Yeah, providing another small incremental evidence why Owen Jones is a massive wrong'un. Have a great Christmas, and fingers crossed in 2018 you can successfully avoid calling people cunts. Fuck off, you cunt. I can't or wait ch- until one minute past midnight on New, <laughs> New Year's Day when I tweet at his fucking locked account that he is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> or chumming up to people who think paedophilia is hilarious. <laughs> so, oh, so what, like the... your mate fucking Spooner? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like what for the, the record, fuck? Andrew this guy Spooner thinks, thinks like literally that like rape is okay. He's yeah, yeah, yeah literally. I've never yeah, heard I of know. this guy. Who is this guy? Uh, he's got 800 followers man he's a fucking nobody who just sucks up to centrists enough that a few blue ticks follow him what must must it be how easy would it be to be like an account that just says uh, I I, I, I think uh, Melania's got the most difficult job in the world because you know she has to give Trump head and he hasn't got the right equipment (laughs) how easy would it be to be that account that makes that joke like, and you got, oh, like, Sarah God. Ditton following you, like, these guys, they respect women, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but for, for some context, I'm pretty sure when he says people who think paedophilia is hilarious, he's referring to Matt Zab cousin there. And this is a thing that the idiot, dipshit, washed-up music critic Joe Muggs came up with recently, oh. where he had a mini meltdown when Matt Zab cousin dared to criticise transphobia, which very few prominent public figures in the Labour Party were doing so all credit to matt for doing that and joe muggs came out with this thing about because matt called someone a nonce once as a joke like i i guess maybe when he called richard branson like a beardy nonce like that that means that he can't weigh in on like any social issue ever because he finds pedophilia funny it's like it's like uh 
Nah, that's fucking stupid. That's really yeah. fucking stupid. For the record, I'm pretty sure he did apologise for that tweet calling Richard Branson a beardy nonce. <laughs> I mean, our show hasn't really taken down Richard Branson yet. We're really saving it. I can't wait to do our all Richard Branson episode, yeah. but I assume we'll take like four hours. So, um, what happened next was that I, on the Real Politic Facebook account, responded to Andrew Burrier, JKA Falcon Malteser, saying, "Hang on, let 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 me uh, let me get this up," as Andrew says when he's popping another Viagra pill. Uh, just just for a wank, like not <laughs> anyone's actually <laughs> go anywhere near him. But oh, here we go, here we fucking go. Um, here we here we here we here we fucking go. So the real follow, real politic Facebook page, real follow tick, re- real follow tick. We 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 are actually pretty nice about following people back, but um, <laughs> the real follow tick podcast um just simply responded to that rambling, incoherent diatribe with "Hi, Falcon Malteser," <laughs> just like, and he was like, "Hi, guys," and we said made any forum posts about your legitimate concerns about the idea of consent lately, legitimate and he said. Answer. Oof. Yeah, loads. We said, good, good, gotta maintain... <laughs> gotta maintain the brand. Are you suggesting he's too busy posting about how he's worried that the idea of consent is such in such a grey area that he's gonna get charged with a crime to fuck? <laughs> he's I, too I've... busy posting about consent to fuck. I think so. So, so what we did was we posted a screenshot of his diatribe on our profile alongside this uh, screenshot from the Cooked and Bombed forums, where we said, you know, we're back on Twitter, lads, and uh, we've just started receiving abuse on Facebook from only the, you know, <laughs> the, mo- the most normal, ordinary, least skin-crawlingly fucking repulsive people. We posted a screenshot where on the Cooked and Bombed forums in a thread called. Chad Evans is found to be innocent. Falcon Malteser said, It's certainly bringing out the best of people on social media. <laughs> so, <laughs> already he's sounding like one of those guys who during the Me Too thing was just like tugging their collar. Like, uh, yeah. oh, I, I think this is uh, turning into a bit of a witch hunt. Like when Woody Allen was like, oh, we, do, we don't want some kind of, you know, everyone going after everyone. Kind of can't think why he would express that opinion. But he continues... I wouldn't want to get involved in anything on Twitter, because it could go badly. I still think there needs to be a middle ground, which is sex without consent, with rape carrying more- WAIT! That's fucking yeah. rape! Yeah, <laughs> with- what? What's the difference? With rape carrying a more severe sentence, it could no, allow for situ- that's fucking rape! <laughs> <laughs> it could allow for situations where the guy can Wait, be said to have does, had- Does he want consent to be, be able to delivered through, like, a wink? Or, like, a wi- <laughs> like, or like a Wile E. Coyote-style sign? Oh. It could allow for situations where the guy can be said to have had the ability to determine consent and didn't, and the girl was too pissed to give consent. Isn't that just rape? That's just rape. That is, that is just rape, yeah. It's 100% That's just right. rape. Thank you. It's just, uh, thank you, all the best, no love to the family. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> she drank a wine from a, win- a winery called Consent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell going back to find his final response to us 
because he he did get He sounds maddened. like such a regular person who who is fun to like hang out with. Guy. I dude. I am normal guy. I certainly do not pity his kids to absolutely extreme levels. <laughs> like... Oh right, yeah, he's like an old bitch. Like he has like guys, nah, kids shit. aren't allowed to see him anymore. Protective services. I bet one time he tried to do a Mrs. Doubtfire, but was so transphobic he couldn't get out of his house. <laughs> oh, we, there is a transphobic Andrew Spooner tweet to read out before we go. But Andrew Burridge then commented on our post like, we've only got the most normal, ordinary guys sending us abuse on Facebook. And he said, Fair, Sorry. I send you guys abuse on Facebook. <laughs> You do, again, uh, which further goes to prove my point, by your <laughs> own logic. <laughs> Andrew Burridge, sorry, I think I still have that view, referring to that forum post about Chad Evans. I think it would punish right, irresponsible... <laughs> I think it would punish irresponsible sexual behaviour and lead to more convictions. Chad Evans had his conviction quashed, didn't he? Well, that's all right then, the judicial system always gets that right. You're going I... to prison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited I... for the podcast Vanguard to take control of the British legal system. So that, yeah. I don't know, like, Jack, I guess you can be Robespierre. Um, yes, I would totally be Robespierre. Just like John fucking Stevens, Tom Kelly, Tom Witherow. You'd be Robespierre. Laura, who who would you be if the French Revolution came now? <laughs> <laughs> You'd also, we'd all be Robespierre, I think. Yeah, just just a whole load of Robespierre's. No, I mean, I, was... I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be. I know who I'd be. I'd be Louis Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Um, uh, who wrote all the great propaganda? Don't worry, we can like... edit this so we look way smarter. Uh... I mean, I, I mean, I played a video game set in the French Revolution, so I've seen what they miss. I've gamed. <laughs> <laughs> Marat. I, d I don't know if that's yeah, how you say his name. Yeah, Marat, you'd say that. No, yeah. But Jack, you'd be Robespierre, for sure. Yeah, no, I totally would be. But Marat was also cool because he wrote good propaganda about, like, feasting on the palpitating hearts of, of the aristocracy and that's stuff. That's Tom like... Foster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Tom, actually, the Tom arch propagandist. No, Mar yeah. Marat was, was the boy. To continue I'm Jack Louis Deppard. <laughs> To continue with Andrew Burridge's wonderful uh, comment on, on our post where we had screenshots of him being a creep, he said, I think it would probably, on balance, be better if when two parties are both too drunk to give consent, but rape is an unlikely conviction, there is an ability to charge the man with an intermediate offence that may exist in law. I don't know. Haven't looked. <laughs> Just like, well, it doesn't, no, no, just... Andrew, because that's rape. Legal expert Andrew Spooner. <laughs> no, sorry, Andrew, Andrew Burridge. Burridge. Andrew Burridge is just like, no, not that I know That's anything about I'm being Spooner. prosecuted for, for the sexual crimes or anything. No, I have no... No, I have uh, never been through the court system on the receiving <laughs> end of this several times in my life. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of Andrew Burridge I found. Um, okay. That could be the art for the episode. <laughs> He says, that wasn't a George Galloway or Ken Loach point I was making. It was a point about protecting women. And then a new line. What the fuck's it even got to do with Galloway? I think because they're both like Assange apologists. Like, obviously, you know, I, lo I love a lot of Loach's films, but he can, yeah, he can obviously get, he can get fucked in that regard. But, um... Yeah. 
Like, seriously, it's typical that he gets called out for being a fucking skin-crawling creep and just immediately tries to shift the onus of blame onto the left. Yeah. He's just like, oh, but, but, yeah. but you, but, but, but I may have these views, but, uh, but, uh, G- George Galloway, uh. He isn't like, really <laughs> very left, by the way. No. No, he's not. He's a reactionary. And then, and then Andrew yeah. does a new line. Respect party. A new, yeah, a new line. Simply. easy party, find it what you mean to me, the working class, not much. <laughs> he does a new line following it was a point about protecting women, just saying FFS. <laughs> it's just, we fucking wound him up so much. And then he blocked us. Think of anyone I'd want protecting me less than Andrew Burridge, the Falcon Malteser. Yeah, no, you want the men from Trash Future protecting you, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got, a, I've, <laughs> I, this is an open request for Andrew Spooner, Andrew Burridge, and Eager Elephant to start their own centrist comedy podcast. They can be the Jack, Tom, and Yair of the podcast world. Yeah. Just, you know, just like us, except, you know, a bit, bit it, rather than being of an age where they were only at school a few years ago, they're, it, 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 all three of them are not allowed within like uh, uh, 500 miles. Meters? of a school. school yeah 500 miles like they have to like live in the middle of the ocean just so they're like nowhere near civilization exile all three of the fuckers to tom watson's secret lock drench wank bunker at the bottom of the pacific ocean <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I've I've just seen the picture you sent me of Andrew Riley. Like I've got to say, oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, rather more hair than the, the man himself, apart from his horrible <laughs> snail trail. <laughs> no, Jack, this is this is the portrait of the Meltist as a young man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there was that Spooner tweet as well that I wanted to read out. Um, Always which... a Spooner tweet. <laughs> There is always a Spooner tweet, as, because again, as, as, we're watching as, you. <laughs> as a long-time listener, multiple-time guester, there's always this fucking Spooner tweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's almost like if the man spent less time on Twitter stalking young people, he probably could have, you know, I don't know, had success in his career as a journalist, but he didn't. He's a failed journalist. Well, no, he was too busy, <laughs> he was too busy being, like, a punker addict in, like, the Nordic countries he was, he was, in the 80s. He was, he was <laughs> telling uh, nonces to fuck off. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, of course, don't forget, he was saved when a Tory drug rehab program was open for yeah. 20 minutes in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Ken Clark. Wow. <laughs> I remember before I even had a podcast, I was listening to that episode of your show <laughs> while I was yeah. through Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking lost Of all it. places. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, where's this? Oh, here we go. Andrew Spooner, who now has um, five spoons after his name on Twitter, <laughs> says... I am going to self-identify as a Corbynista for Xmas. Why can't someone, the oppressive Corbynistas deem a centrist, be a Corbynista too? It's a phobia, and they are seeking to exclude me. History will judge them very harshly. This is, of course, like in the wake of centrist Twitter completely losing their shit when Owen Jones said transphobes were on the wrong side of history. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Is... So is is Andrew Spooner implying that like 
Corbinistas, Corbin supporters, whatever, that were born this way? <laughs> like, is he saying that, like, being the hard left is, like, a race? I personally came out of the womb with absolutely impeccable politics. Like, no, no when, when <laughs> I talked earlier... Oh, yeah, <laughs> when I talked about my dalliance with, with Hitchens-style new atheism, which I always add the caveat, I always just thought Dawkins was a boring cunt and never read his stuff. And Sam Harris was obviously a wrong and like, you don't need to have good politics to tell that there's something seriously up with that guy. But, <laughs> but, but no, no, I, I, I came out of the womb, like, with just, just just a, a, you know, absolutely stunning anti-imperialist credentials. You know, almost like uh, Sarah Cundy just manages to have a great foreign policy position despite being several years younger than any of us. I was like that except a newborn. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like Spooner is, is spot on. It's not a, a strange tweet at all showing a weird, twisted worldview. It's actually really funny and I really laugh. I mean, it is Kind of, but not, not in the it's way not he funny intended. in the way that he intended, though. So I mean, it, no. it's almost like, really, if there's anyone here who does like comedy podcasts, it'd be pretty cool if Andrew Spooner came onto one of them, but yeah. with a mic that we could turn off at any time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'd have to get a soundboard with just a lot of different noises of people filling diapers. <laughs> So, this so, has really, like, kicked off something. It, like, what is it with these fucking dads that think that they're going to have success taking on a bunch of amateur comedians? Yeah. Like, do they think that they're going to win against us? Do they think that their jokes are going to be somehow better and funnier and on the same level as the content that we produce? Do they actually believe that? Because that's quite funny if, yeah. it, if they do. Because the these are people who watch... Because like, like, these are the kinds of people... Like, ultimately, my relatives, while their politics might not be great, I do fundamentally love them. They're not malignant people. But I, I, I think people, they are. A lot of these people... <laughs> Jack, a lot of these people, like, these are the kinds of people who think that Have I Got News For You is the single funniest piece of cultural Comedy. output. These are people who think that, like, Bill Maher is not just a comedian, but actually kind of a philosopher. Um, <laughs> like, well, actually, actually, the funny thing is that a guy like Andrew Burridge posts on the Cooked and Bombed forums, and he is obsessed with Chris Morris, which is genuinely actually quite good comedy and pointed political satire and satire of the media and of course it's bad to make fun of journalists you can't do that they're victims it's not okay not okay to make fun of journalists but but failed so, so he failed yes that's true that's true but to be fair like seb Payne is a failed journalist failed and he's journalist. got a job <laughs> okay, failed journalist but successful lover <laughs> yeah. yeah, do it. But, keep, it keep it in. It'll be fucking funny. It'll, but no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is, but these guys like Andrew Spooner, as long as you're like making fun of like 1990s politics, like doing fucking like edgy, hard-hitting comedy is all fair and good to them, and they'll post on a forum for, you know, at least a decade about it. But if you're, like, young people talking about 2017 politics, yeah, then it's not okay. It is absolutely not okay well, to satirise actual politics that currently exists. Well, that's the thing, You've is gotta... they, by their own standards, they are edgy. Because these people <laughs> learned how to be edgy 
back when saying something like 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 having a sketch called Crazy Christians was edgy. <laughs> like, well, like David Baddiel putting on blackface. They're like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, he's, he's on the left. Down the establishment. So he doesn't mean it in a racist way. So actually, it's it's good. Don't we all love <laughs> that awful fucking comedy show that Michael Gove used to do on Channel Four as well. Michael Gove, Gove did a comedy show a that comedy wasn't show. just PMQs. Oh, uh, I got uh, politics wrong. Uh, Fuck. Uh, did when that did out? he become did prime minister? <laughs> <laughs> they are just such sad fucks. Like they don't have any sense of humor. Well, no, but you know they, they really are. These want are guys, to. These are guys. These are like middle-aged men who get around with the comedy equivalent of Harley Davidsons and all like <laughs> a bass uh, in, yeah. in, in a big fucking bass ensemble. <laughs> and these are the guys who at like family meals will drunkenly corner their nephews and be like, you know, I really admire you. So well, like they're 10 year olds <laughs> and, and you know, just generally creep everyone the fuck yeah. out because these are people who just have to grow the fuck up and accept that they have failed. This actually speaks of the like primary sort of revelation that I've had in 2017, politically speaking, which is I... Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it, it's come like the light bulb switched on right at the end of the year. But basically, you know, I I'd always kind of you know gravitated towards uh, you know edgy, hard hitting comedy, rather like Andrew Burridge enjoys. Um, mm-hmm. and it had led me that kind of comic sensibility to leftism. This kind of uh, seeing through the bullshit that I you know perceived myself to have, and having a reflexive distaste for the status quo and so on. And what has occurred to me is that a lot of the comedy that I like, it simply, like, arrives at that place through just sheer cynicism and yeah. through not having anything to believe with, and it's not a progressive position. And that's why you saw Charlie Brooker become so indignant when people say, yeah, yeah but Charlie, you know, Traingate, you know, the media did actually grotesquely mischaracterize Corbyn there. It wasn't actually funny, and it's not actually, like, important enough to get worthy satire out of. And he's like, oh, you're just saying my mom sad handlers told me to make fun of Corbyn. It's like, no, we're, we're saying you made a shit decision personally to yeah. make fun of stuff that isn't worthy of satire. So, it's, it's, I mean, the, the revelation I've had is that I am on the side of the politics of hope, not the politics of cynicism, and all the, the, the kind of Chris Morrisism. Not, not actually, let's leave Chris Morris out of this because he's very quiet as a public figure, but the Ianucci's and the, uh, you know, the Sam Baines and Jesse Armstrongs, the Charlie Brookers of the world, they really do just come from a place of pure cynicism. They came up in a time when there was nothing worth believing in. Everyone was all as bad as each other in the political yeah. sphere. Well, so they had to make a calculation of, okay, who will just run the status quo better? And they never had anything to believe in. And they can't comprehend that there is this new generation of people who do like humour, who do like comedy and satire, but just don't think that everyone deserves to be taken the piss out of as much as each other. You know, Corbyn advocating peace and social justice and equality is not actually as funny as, like, Owen Smith just being a catastrophic, misogynistic, reactionary fuck-up. Like, Owen Smith is actually funnier out of the two and riper for satire. Sorry, Riley. What I'm saying is, like, I think it's because one of the things these people have in common is they're all, like, they're not grandparents yet, but they are all pretty old. And I think it's because, like, when they came to the age that they could have become political, history had ended. And... 
we had been getting in and we entered an age where politics was nothing more than people squabbling over who got to manage a basically self-managing system. And so, you know, why wouldn't, you know, Armando Iannucci and Charlie Brooker and so on think that only fucking, you know, self-regarding toads would want to get into that position? Because that's the only yeah. person who would want to get into a position of power at that time when it yeah. was universally decided that the only power was the power to twist a couple of knobs. It was basically like politics become a petty dictatorship rather than a, a way to lead mankind to something better because there was nothing better. It was universally agreed. Yeah, and of so course. It was impossible to be anything more than venal. And I think they're so caught up in their sort of cynical 1990s vision of a kind of world that is essentially peddled its last and is basically just going to manage its own crash that they can't yeah. possibly see that anyone really even gives a shit about a better world. They can't see yeah. that anyone has anything left to hope for. And from their point of view, anyone with anything left to hope for is at best misguided and at worst lying to you. Yeah, you know, I was always like, well, the sort of uh, left-leaning comedians, their whole kind of job is to just see through the bullshit and through cynical and meaningless political rhetoric. But these people who, like, retweet Jess Phillips, they don't, you know, they don't see, like, that, that, that there's something seriously wrong with with this public figure who there is just so much wrong with. They're like, no, this is straight talking honest politics. Yeah, and, she's willing uh, to be racist. Yeah. 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 And and it's just kind of like, oh my god, so these people I thought can kind of see through empty bluster and, and political bullshittery. I'm like, they actually really can't. And when they do see some genuinely honest and principled politics, they're just trying so hard to find holes in it to to, to find no, they're like no no this can't this, this can't be good there must be something seriously wrong with this um but they still want to have this like oh i'm on the left you know no these um, are all it's... people these are all people who've never gotten over the fact that they're smoking at the back of the school bus that's literally <laughs> all these people are yeah Char like charlie brooker is still shooting spitballs at his teacher he doesn't really <laughs> understand that there is anything but to criticize he sees no future yeah and i that's why i think black mirror is fundamentally fucking hack yeah black mirror fucking sucks man fucking sucks yeah. anyone who wastes their time with that shit they deserve a system of government where have i got news for you is our main method of selecting <laughs> a leader yeah <laughs> well, well the good news is that uh, charlie brooker isn't doing a 2017 wipe um, but we are doing a real politic review slash quiz of the year. So, you know, that'll be coming at some point soon. Like, uh, Tom's going to be there. Hopefully, what, in like he'll March? be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh! <laughs> it, that is the current distance. That is the nature between, of the late left. <laughs> between us recording an episode and putting it out. We're just talking about these obscure beefs and then we just wait for like a over a week yeah. <laughs> remember the beef we're rehashing reheating the beef but what that was a good discussion about what, the comedy what 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 what, what 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 yeah. what is the nature of the hard life <laughs> I wanted to, like, on a really sincere note, say, like, we, we hope that Erica Garner gets well soon, the, the daughter of Eric Garner, who was obviously yeah. murdered by, by cops a few years ago, and uh, she's had a heart attack and is in a critical condition in hospital. The and, police are preventing and, uh, anyone from seeing her yeah. currently. 
Really? Fuck's sake. Yeah, I've and, been following and, her Twitter account. She's saying the NYPD has prevented anyone from going in. Wait, is it is it her or is it still someone tweeting on her account? For it's her? someone tweeting on her behalf. Okay, but she's a great activist and has obviously been through a lot with her father's death and stuff and had another heart attack, in fact, fairly recently. So it, I really hope she pulls through all yeah. my solidarity to her or solidarity of the team to her. Yeah. And uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, it's Jack. It's the 30th of December, and I just wanted to add, because this bit of the show is actually serious and not just stupid jokes about people, that um, Erica Garner died today. And, um, yeah, rest in peace. Um, you know, rest in power. Like, uh, like a, a beautiful, uh, short-lived life and of a, of a great activist. And it's it's very, very tragic what's happened. So... You know, love to all her family, all the activists who've worked with her, and uh, you know, let's let's all try and honour her memory, I suppose, and that of her father. There was another thing as well. There was what one more one more little sincere point I wanted to make. Oh, fair play to Lord for endorsing the boycott Fuck of yeah! Israel. Roseanne Barr has come out and like said we we should like fucking like boycott Lord now. But the thing is, Roseanne Barr is a complete crackhead who thinks Corbyn's a nonce. It's not a serious person. <laughs> <laughs> it's the American Francis Barber and. Uh... Yeah, shout out to Patrick who ran the island account for a week. That was great oh, stuff. Yeah, I... that was so good. Reunite, was a big... reunite the thirty-two man. <laughs> Republicanism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck Damn right. Queen. Hell yeah. And uh, we didn't get to talk much about the uh, Jackie Chan IRA film, but Laura, I think you should watch it, and uh, sure. we'll talk about it on the show in a f- uh, full episode, maybe. I, I was tweeting, like, intimidating stuff at Ben Goldsmith when I was having Christmas dinner with my family. <laughs> Sorry, hilarious. I was like, Ben, is it true that a hundred Momentum Anarchists barged into your Christmas dinner with bricks you... and baseball bats? Ben Goldsmith! I asked if they uh, set fire to his Christmas tree and shrunk him down to the size of a pea with magic. <laughs> 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 Tim Farron was a, a, a he had appeared on a TV debate called "What kind of liberal society do we want?" We don't. Uh, we, we, <laughs> where he, 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 he he's standing in front of a sign saying, "Enriching the conversation about faith and society." Oh. <laughs> Redistribute the conversation. <laughs> that Essex canning nerd has been like tweeting a lot over christmas tom has got hold of that video of pretty patel at the young tory meeting where she's talking about the hard left hard marxists (laughs) you are on the front line fighting socialism and the hard left and let's not forget that you know this year we were just that far away from letting that hard Marxist into Downing Street. And we must never forget that is what we're fighting for. I I, Uh... I I get so embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and this is the other very sincere thing I wanted to say, which was happy 60th birthday to Shane McGowan, one of the the greatest songwriters of all time, one of the greatest lyricists of all time, a a beautiful singer back in the day. He's not. He's actually alive. And uh, Tom watched a documentary about Fuck. him recently. Yeah, he's he's turned sixty. His birthday was on Christmas Day. That's quite an achievement. Shit, yeah. yeah. All right. The amount I... of 
alcohol he sunk in his 60s. Yeah, in fact, I think around the time he got sacked from the Pogues, around 1990, he was just regularly, like, mainlining acid and then going on stage and being even more incoherent oh, than usual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shane is the absolute boy. I, I absolutely love the sick bed of Cole Cullen, the first track on their Rum, Sodomy and Malash album. It's just got some incredible lyrics. Like, it's like Frank Ryan bought you whiskey in a brothel in Madrid and you decked some fucking black shirt who was cursing all the yids. So it's just a great <laughs> song about like fucking just like sparking out some anti-Semitic Nazi. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. uh, just an absolutely fantastic lyricist back in the 1980s. And also I love Shane McGowan's 1990s solo albums with the Popes. Like, he didn't even try and get a, like, non-Pogue sounding name for his <laughs> solo band. But the Pogues, like, they never wanted him to get too political when he was in the band. They had the old, like, political song, like, about the Birmingham Six and stuff. But when he went solo, his songs just became, like, He shot a couple of coppers and he joined the IRA And the papers call him Paddy Public <laughs> Enemy Number One. <laughs> just like... Choice from girls to easy and drinking beer is fun. But he went out one day and found himself a gun. He shot a couple of covers and he joined the IRA. And the papers called him Paddy Public Enemy Number One. The covers in the north, they couldn't catch him. The British Army, they just couldn't touch him. He shot a couple of covers and he joined the IRA. And the papers called him Paddy Public Enemy Number One. Genuinely, like. So pro IRA. Good albums, actually. His voice is a bit fucked on them, but the lyrics are still there. Oh, and uh, our friend James, AK on Twitter, has just um, said, Got my account briefly locked for displaying signs of automated bot-like activity. <laughs> at Russia. At Putin RF Eng. At Real Politcast. At Kremlin Russia E. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I hope everyone has a safe Christmas. Yo, do you mind quickly if I promote my podcast before we finish? Quick, yes! End the recording. Thanks. End the recording. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me, Riley, on. If you liked this, not too much, because I'm only one of a few people who does it, you can come listen to more hard leftism at the Trash Future podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in or fucking whatever else you find Zune. real politics. Uh, yeah, we have one Zune. Zune user. I'm desperate for the Zune user to come on the show. I want to know Zune. everything about this person. Fuck that Zune user. Zune in the old. noobs. <laughs> We're gonna get the fucking Zune user first. Actually, <laughs> the Zune user. No, I'm 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 always I'm always have a great time whenever I come on Real Politic. Uh, and Aww. I can't wait to talk to your listeners again soon. It's good to have you, man. Like, thank you to our guest, Nigel Bainham Nonce. And <laughs> 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 uh, it's, it's been great fun. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get this episode out soon. Like, hopefully all our listeners had a smashing Christmas. I hope Chris Leslie had a good Christmas. Uh, who are the hard left Christmas? Of the hard elf. <laughs> <laughs> And Cat Smith, obviously, who someone pointed out to me. The only people to appear in every episode of Real Politic are me, Chris Leslie, and Cat Smith. What a trio. <laughs> what a fucking trio. Yeah, maybe you guys should form a centrist comedy podcast, huh? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's you know, and we can sort of step back when Spooner and Burridge and Elephant are ready. You guys can have comedy for people who are tired of both sides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas. Later. Bye. McCormick and Richard Tauber are singing by the bed. There's a glass of punch below your feet and an angel at your head. There's devils on each side of you with bottles in their hand. You need one more drop of poison and you'll dream of foreign lands. When you pissed yourself in Frankfurt and got sipped out in Cologne And you heard the rattling stack trains as you lay there all along Frank Ryan bought your whiskey in a brothel in Madrid And you text some fucking blackshirt who was cursing all the yids And a sick bit of Coo Cullen will nail and say a prayer But it goes a rattling at the door and the devil's in that chair Houston Tavern, you screamed it was your shell But I wouldn't give you service, so you kicked the windows out They took you out and turned it straight, kicked you in the brains So you went back then through a bolted door and did it all again And a sick bed of Kurt Cullen, well nail and say a prayer And the ghosts are rattling at the door and the devil's in that chair The banshees howl There was lazy, drunken bastards Singing Billy in the bowl They took you up to midnight mass And left you in the lurch So you dropped a button in the plate And skewed up in the church Now you sing a song of liberty For blacks and packs of jocks And I'll take you from this dump You're in and stick you in a box then I'll take you to the prior and shove you in the ground. We you stick your head back out and shut, we'll have another round. At the grace of that Cook Cullen, we'll kneel around and cry. And God is in his heaven, and Freddy's down by the fire. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.